I'm Carrie. And I'm Stephanie. And this is the Love and Nonsense Podcast. Hey, Carrie. Hey, Stephanie. We are back with another review episode. Oh, yeah. The next to the last one of the Christmas season. Bum, bum, bum. And this one was okay. Yeah, this one, I'm very, very happy. I really feel like, I mean, we've talked about this before. I think it was such a smart decision to not try to watch all of the movies this year. I know. It it really was. These three a weekend are pretty good. This, having to watch one on Sunday still kind of sucks, but that's true. Well, it's still better than trying to watch seven. You know, and I feel like if this was something that we actually made money at and we could like not have to have real jobs, then we would totally love watching the Sunday ones. I know. Or any of them like, oh, we need to cover as many as we can would not be that big of a deal. But it was stressful last year. So, yeah, because we don't get paid anything. We get zero dollars for this. Yes, we do. Zero big ones. (sighs) All right. So let's get started. The first movie we're going to talk about is Carrie's pick from Lifetime, which is Maps and Mistletoe, the very random one about a (laughs) a map maker and an explorer who helps her make a map of the North Pole, which is just wild. (laughs) It is wild. I picked it because it was so... Like, have we ever heard of this storyline before? No. Nope. It is new. And and I actually really enjoyed this movie. I didn't think it was as bad as I thought it was going to be. So I think it was better than expected. I'll, I'll give you that. And I will add the guy, I forget how good he is. And then when I see him in something, I'm always like, oh, my gosh, I really like him. I cannot think of his name right now. <laughs> Ronnie Rowe. Yes. But I'm always so excited. Like, I like the way he looks at her in this movie, I was like, that's how you want Amanda to look at you. <laughs> We've had a lot of those thoughts this year with the leading guys. So good yeah. job, Hallmark and Lifetime. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that it was like different. I mean, you know, they she was not welcoming to him. <laughs> the beginning no it was kind of like an enemies to lovers type deal yeah because he comes to town and he's the big wig and everybody knows him she doesn't though and he's like on top of the city hall or i don't know what building that was but and then like he gets to skip in line her her latte gets given to him because he's the famous person and she's just like not having it and then realizes oh i could use his help and then goes to try to talk to him at which point he kind of brushes her off and mm-hmm. she's like never mind and then her boss sticks them together anyway yep i actually didn't like their meet cute cuz i don't count her seeing him on top of the building taking pictures as kind of a meet cute cuz he didn't see her I agree. Uh, It's more of when they meet in the coffee shop. And I didn't care for it because I didn't think it was nice how he took her drink. Well, okay. I guess that that part didn't bother me because he didn't know it wasn't her drink. But then he was all like, you need to try the peppermint latte. It's the best thing here. As if he knows better than her. I don't know. It rubbed me the wrong way. Him acting like he goes there all the time and knows the people and knows the drinks and knows the favorites. I'm like, she actually lives here. Could you not talk down to her, please? Well, (laughs) it just rubbed me the wrong way. It rubbed her the wrong way, too, because later on, she's like, I bet that's your your favorite, the best turkey sandwich ever. Mm -hmm. And he had not even eaten it yet. (laughs) 
Yeah. Although I will say, so they kept the peppermint latte thing going for a long time. But then towards the end, she pulls out a canister of something and he's like, oh, let me guess what that is. And she's like, it's hot cocoa. And he's like, oh, thank goodness. Because he was sick of peppermint lattes. Yeah. I was sick of peppermint lattes. I actually that was wrote- literally the only drink. <laughs> I actually wrote that down. That was going to be one of my comments under storyline. Like, why so many? Because literally every time he saw her, he was bringing her a peppermint latte. Like, if she drank all of those, she must have gained like 10 pounds just off the coffee. Well, you know, they never have anything in their cups for real. That's Because, you know, they're terrible at like swinging hot cups of coffee around. It's nobody's business. I'm like, oh, these people need to learn how to act. (laughs) Yeah. I liked this is. Kind of random, but not random. So we're always talking about diversity in the movies, which this one actually was pretty diverse with the leading characters. But I wrote down diversity in pets because she was taking care of her parents' pet bunny. And we never see bunnies or like anything other than dogs or cats on these movies. I re- so I was I re- like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. I know. I wrote down, there's really a bunny. Because she throws this out as a reason. I can't help him because I'm bunny sitting. And I was like, is she just making mm-hmm. this up? No, she's not. There's really a bunny. And it was a really cute bunny, too. Yeah, it was. So I appreciated that. I was like, that's different. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed this. I mean, it was a typical, like, the girl is type A, the guy is this adventurer, and he's helping her to get pulled out of her comfort zone and blah, blah, blah. Was that kind of a storyline, which does occasionally get old. But I loved, like, that she got to push on him, too a lot about like hey you need to show up on time (laughs) it's really rude for you Mm -hmm. to come here and talk to my people for two weeks for two hours while I'm waiting for you to work with me but then we don't have time to work and now we have to go out and do your thing that I'm obligated to do because you're helping me and it was weird did you feel weird about the part of the storyline where he's like well you know I don't really want to work I just want to enjoy well I I understood where he was coming from because he works all the time and he wanted a break and that's what this hometown type Christmas was supposed to be for him and then for it to be hijacked by a local who just wanted his work expertise I can understand why he didn't want to do it yeah but he could have just not done the mapping thing you know what I'm saying like he didn't have to make the agreement that she would show him around the town oh I see what you're saying you know yeah there were probably plenty of other beautiful women in that town that would have been happy to show him around (laughs) Yeah, but he was stuck on her. That is true. Because this is a Lifetime movie. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. I did not care. So their conflict was really around him going on to his next thing and her trying to figure out what she wants to do with her life, which actually ends up being traveling. She's going to go to mm-hmm. go to the Philippines and create some maps kind of like she was doing for the Christmas things, kind of custom things. But the conflict to me really was, I thought she was going to turn around at the restaurant. She goes to the restaurant to meet up with him and his really pretty editor was there or whatever she is. And mm-hmm. I thought she was just going to turn around and leave then <laughs> and it'd be like, oh, but she shows up and then the editor was I did not like her at all. She was kind of mean. She was trying to ruin his life. Like she was on the phone and she said something that would not be good for him. And the person on the other side of the phone says something. She's like, well, I know he's happy now, but we can't afford to lose him. I'm like, what? She just was very uncaring. Yes. And very 
I only care about myself. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I did love, though, that when he gets the next job offer that she's setting up, like, you have to go. This volcano's going to erupt. you got to be there. you got to be there. And he's like, do you want to come to a volcano with me? Yeah, at least he offered. Yeah. But no. <laughs> I mean, it's better than, like, we can't do this because we're long distance. You know, he was, like, trying to figure out how to do it. Not that I feel like, actually, it's not, like, that horrible of an offer. I don't know. if depends on the scenario. I don't want to go to Antarctica. But I don't, I'm not really a big camper. So if it's something like that, like, where he's going and he's camping all the time, wherever he ends up going, because they're these really remote places, I wouldn't be interested in going. But the fact that she's a cartographer and would get to see some of these places that she's mapped out, I actually thought was, like, that would be kind of cool. Like, at least it's not something so outside of the realm of possibility. She wasn't like a baker. That's true. Speaking about her map, her map skills are great, but, you know, probably for like real life map. But when she pulled out the thing that started all this map she made for her nephew of New Zealand, I kind of laughed because I know it's a kid's gift, but it looked like a kid made it. And I was like, this is the map. And then, you know, she made this sparks the, oh, we need to make one about the North Pole. I guess I was just expecting some better artistry or something, not literally like a 12-year-old colored this in. And the fact that she was all type A, like, we need to have exact coordinates. This needs to teach them. I just thought it would be better. I I expected more. Well, and I didn't hate the drawing part of the map so much. I did not like there's like pop ups that have like these hidden clues. And I thought just, that was fun. Well, I liked it in theory. I didn't like it in execution. That's what mm-hmm. made it look cheap to me was because it was just yeah. like this piece of paper that folds over there. It wasn't it didn't even look like a very structured paper or anything like that. Like anybody could just ball it up and whatever. So I just felt like mm. I, I expected more than a kid's project. I agree. You know, it looked like something a fifth grade teacher would have her class do for their favorite, you know, city or something. And that's what a fifth grader would do. Yeah. Or you find it in like a highlights magazine. (laughs) Does that mean? (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, if you're in a magazine, that's still good. But mm, I don't know. I did get two quotes, though, from this. Okay. What were they? So he takes her back to his home that's about two hours away. And he had sold his home to this guy who's been taking care of it for him for years. It was very sweet for him to kind of open up to her and let her in and like show his kinder side, especially compared to who you first meet at the beginning, who seems kind of self-absorbed. And he Mm -hmm. has sold this home to this family at at a lesser price so that they could afford to buy it because he appreciated the work that they had done on it because it's a home and a farm. And they go out onto the patio or the the front porch or whatever. And he says, she says, do you you romance a lot of girls on this porch? And he says, no girls like you. That was cute. It was that was cute. And then they get Uh, almost kiss interrupted by the little boy. Of course. Speaking of that house, it reminded me, I don't think it was the house, but it reminded me of the Aurora Tea Garden movie where she bought a new house kind of out in the country like that. And they found skeletons in the closets it It looked like that house kind of it does not remind me of that house that house always reminds me of the i think it's the in love movie with uh lacy and brennan oh yeah home that that always makes me think of but i don't know i honestly don't remember what either one of them look like right now i just know they're like that big structure with wraparound porch kind of sitting on a hill in the middle of like some fields that that anyway it's random those things are true (laughs) 
And then my other quote that I had was he was telling her when he was leaving, don't compare yourself to anyone. There's no one like you. Trust me, I've looked. Yeah, that was really sweet. There were some sweet lines in this movie and some kind of witty rejoinder type things too, because I like, so this isn't really a quote, quote like you had, but there was a scene where, did he say he like never watched Christmas movies or somebody, they're talking about Christmas movies and he he was like, well, what about Christmas on 34th Street or something? And she, she oh, says, she say? oh, well, he something, something. He, they have to save him from killing himself. Or Well, that, 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 that was one. the second That's one. The That's second a one. wonderful life. But it was so funny because she was boiling these, Chris, these classic Christmas movies down to like the saddest basic parts of them. And he's like, these are classics? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are, but... <laughs> There's more to it than that. You've got to um you've got to have your drama and your sad parts to to bring it full circle and make it happy at the end. Oh, okay. I just remembered what the sad or downer part of Miracle on 34th Street was. It was they put Santa on trial. Oh, yeah, in the yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I'm glad I was like I was racking my brain like what was the sad part in that? And it was that. Well, and that was really funny to start with cuz then he's like they put Santa, she's like, they put Santa on trial. And it's like the other guy trying to jump off the, save him from jumping off the bridge. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like, that's actually like tragic. Like, whereas Santa being on trial is kind of, I mean, it's Santa. So cover your kid's ears if you don't want them to know, but Santa's not real. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, oh, man, Carrie, you could have, like, ruined some children's I dreams. did a warning. I did a warning. You know what? The post office delivers Santa's mail, so. That is true. That movie was real. And I have one last really random thing. Did you notice okay. at the end, he leaves her a gift, and I thought it was going to be, it's this big 16 by 20 or something like that frame. You can tell it's going to be a photo because he's been taking photos the whole time. And I thought it was going to be like the first photo he took of her when she wasn't prepared and just like a blown up one because they've done that before where they give the gift of someone else a photo from someone else. And I thought, I can't believe that this photo is going to be this huge. Like who's going to hang mm -hmm. that up, right? <laughs> But it turns out that it was a bunch of different photos and like a map, I'm guessing, of the town that they lived in as the background and stuff like that. And I thought that was really cute. It had a photo of him in it, so she won't forget him. But I did notice the photo from the gingerbread. She had icing on her face, even though he wiped the icing off before he took the photo. Ooh, continuity problem. Yes. <laughs> You know, I wrote this down not for this movie, but for Tis the Season to be Merry when they take selfies and then they look at the camera and you can see that they're looking at a different camera when it's supposed to be a selfie on the film. So these people need to get their continuity with the selfies down. Sure do. So first rating is for setting and I gave it a five because I really like the small town. And, okay, so I first noticed early on in the movie that the, it looked like real snow. And I was like, man, they did a good job on the snow because it was falling and it was actually landing on people's coats and hair, which normally with the fake snow, you never actually see it on them, really. So I was like, huh, it's landing in their hair and everything. Although they did weird shots where the main characters never had snow on them. 
And I thought that was weird, but the people they were talking to did. Anywho, that's that's beside the point. So I looked it up and it is real snow. It was really cold because they shot this in Almont, Ontario, which is a mill town in Canada. And it was cold. It was real. They were sledding for real, too. I guess all the crew sledded down that big hill. So I was like, I give this a five because it was a real Christmassy setting set in winter which we never get. You literally just stole all my point my my notes from Christmas. You're welcome. <laughs> I also gave it a five specifically because I also like the town. I loved her house. A lot about mm-hmm. her house. I really loved. And there was the she bunny. She had that arch of house. ornaments. I don't think I saw that. Around the doorway. It was like gold oh, ornaments yeah. made in an arch around her doorway. I think that Balsam Hill sells those. Oh, like they come together as an arch? Yeah, it's like, like a, already pre-made. It's like garland with the ornaments in it. My my friend just bought some for her house. Oh. Yeah. I bet it's really expensive, but it was really pretty. Yeah. <laughs> So that's why I did it, but I'll come back to your points on Christmas. Okay. So for style, I gave it a three because it wasn't very exciting. Oh my gosh. I gave it a five because I loved almost every outfit that she wore, except for, I mean, the coats were fine, but when she was not wearing a coat, like her first outfit, her work outfits were really, I loved them. There was another one where she's wearing this white turtleneck, which I don't even like turtlenecks, but they were like, the pants look like these Spanx work pants that are like kind of bell bottom, but they're, they're Spanx around the waist. And I love this outfit. I, I just loved everything about it. So I gave it a five. I loved the way she looked most of the movie. I mean, I thought she looked pretty, but. And her dress at the end was lace, but it had red ribbing down the edges, the side. Okay. (laughs) You noticed more than me, which. I actually thought it had a a red back is what I was thinking it was, but it was actually just like a, you know, you put an edge on a pillow, Mm -hmm. whatever that's called, piping. It was just a piping down the side. Okay. Well, I was going to say you notice more than me because, and this leads into the next rating storyline, I gave it a three because even though it was different and I didn't hate it, I was kind of bored and distracted through some of it because I was like, uh, you know, let's just keep moving. So that's probably why I didn't notice very closely some of those things. I was like, meh. Well, I gave it a four for storyline because I really enjoyed it and I did appreciate that it was a different storyline. I could not give it a five, though, because there were just too many peppermint lattes. Man, (laughs) down by the peppermint lattes. (laughs) Unrealistic, guys. gosh and then for christmas i gave it a four because there was a lot of christmas in this movie i gave it a five for christmas because i loved the sledding scene because mm-hmm. they rarely do sledding in these i movies. know which is kind of weird i know and they did a bunch of runs so yeah i really loved that they were like out there really having a blast i love sledding at least the last time i went sledding i loved sledding we had this acre land next to my house from where where i live between the ages of like 10 and 16 and it was a petroleum pipeline running under it so they cannot build a house on it so we had like an acre land that was a huge hill and all the neighborhood kids would come to our house to go sledding. And we actually had sleds because we came from Kansas. So uh, right, like three of us would get on a sled and go sliding down there. And there's a creek at the end and we'd have to turn so we wouldn't fall into the creek at the end. It was it was so much fun. <laughs> Man, I haven't sled in forever. 
Well, I have a sled. My mom saved one. There's one up in the attic. <laughs> and they have a I'll just go one. join you someday. Yeah. Oh, I noticed this oh. too. And I was like, where is this? And it became like this whole huge thing where I was looking it up. And I was like, well, Ontario in March, because I've been to Alberta in March. And it was snowy, but like Banff National Park, the snow was still like up to my... <laughs> taller than me like it, it, there was mm. so much snow piled up because it was just dumping on top of dumping and we got like 12 inches of snow one night that we were there and so I was like where is it and so I also looked it up and it was Ontario in March and I was like I just love this that they had the real the real snow I, I know I it makes you wonder me too but it makes you wonder why like they always film in Canada why aren't there more movies set during no time in Canada. It's got to be a long season, right? It just kind of confuses me. They get snow. I went also, again, to Banff National Park and Jasper National Park. And end of August, beginning of September, snow on the mountains. End of August. Like, I could make a snowball, not even up in the high mountains. It wasn't, it was melting. Yeah. And it was like melting, but you could still, it was just a little bit. But so my point is, is like, you probably get into September and October for sure. But I think the problem is they don't plan these ahead of time very well. Which, again, doesn't make sense. Because <laughs> you know they're gearing up probably for next Christmas now with like 40 movies. Well, and really all they'd have to do is get the ideas for movies two seasons out. Like, you know how you see people that have brands and they're creating products and whatever. And they're like, right now it's Christmas. We're actually planning for spring of 2023. You know, like where Mm -hmm. they're like a year and a half to two years ahead because you have to plan it, you have to print it, you have to do what, you know, whatever all the steps are in creating something. You'd think that one year, if they just doubled up one year, they could get to where they're working two years ahead and then be able to actually get real snow more often. I know. Do better Hallmark and Lifetime. I mean, Lifetime, you did good this time, but. Yes, you did. (laughs) Still. Uh, I gave this a nonsense. I gave it a love. I really enjoyed it. Of course you did. I know. Okay. I'm glad it was my pick. I was kind of like worried. I was like, this could I was be worried very too, hit or miss. <laughs> I'm actually curious to know how, so I haven't watched any of the other Lifetime ones that premiered this week. So I'm curious to know how it falls in that. If there would have been one, we would have rather watched instead. Yeah. But I think you, you still made a good choice. Thank you. It wasn't so You're far welcome. nonsense that you hated it. Right. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't like Welcome to the Family Christmas Reunion or whatever. I actually liked that movie. I mean, I didn't love it. It was right in the middle for me, but... Mm. I watched this thing in like four parts because it was so boring. <clears throat> I did but not like we're not the talking about girl, that because that's like three weeks like the late. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All On right. to my pick for this weekend. We have Christmas House 2, the sequel to the Christmas house. The Mitchell boys are competing against each other on television. And boy, are they competing for winning the best Christmas house. And a trophy that actually was pretty awesome. I agree. So I don't have a lot of notes. And I don't know, how, where where would you place this compared to the Christmas house? Did you like it the same? Did you like it better? Worse? I did not like it better. Um, There were parts of it where I kind of liked it better. Parts of it that I really did not like better. I I didn't like it better than The Christmas House, which normally I guess sequels aren't usually better. But like if we're looking at the nine lives of Christmas versus nine kittens of Christmas, like those were comparable, right? Yeah. This, I would not say it is. Parts of it, possibly. And I do think it had a good premise. You know, I really liked the brothers fighting. <laughs> And 
competing for this Christmas house thing. But I don't think, I don't know, like last year they had a lot of storylines, you know, because we have one brother's storyline, the other brothers, and then the parents. And then this year we had a lot of storylines again. And I don't think it came together as well because it just felt like a lot that never got, I don't know, we didn't spend enough focus on certain things that would have made it better. I think if we focus on the two brothers and the competition of that, it would have been better for me. Yeah, I put a lot of stuff about this in my storyline comments. I didn't care for the X in the picture. Of course, they had to do it because blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But I just didn't. I didn't like him. I didn't think he was likable as a character. Even in the end when there was like redemption for his character, I still didn't like him. So I think that says something for the way he was written throughout the story. And I just feel like that's one of the parts that I think I would have preferred that he was supposed to spend time with Noah and didn't show up. And then there'd be this little side conflict that doesn't take up so much of the time. Because that storyline, I felt like, took up a lot of the movie. Yeah. And it was like one thing I I agree. Yeah, I think they should have focused more on the brother relationship, kind of like they did on a Dickens of a Holiday, uh-huh. where it was more of an emotional connection. Because when the brothers did have their emotional moment, it was really good. So you like get that, but it's still in the midst of all this other stuff. And then before they finally work out their differences, I think the movie could have been funnier focusing on them trying to one-up each other. Whereas instead... Like, we get to see a little bit of them one-upping each other. And, like, the scene when they're shopping for Christmas decorations for their houses is pretty funny. But that's, like, the the most, like, that we see from them doing that kind of thing. I don't know. I just would have preferred that focus more. And then they threw in the parents, like, I mean, we wanted to see the parents together, right? But doing this weird play that really had no place at all in the movie, except as a you know, a place for Jonathan's character and Robert's character to fight. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I somewhat agree. I could have gone without the parent storyline, although I did write a quote down that was related to that, that I thought was like hilarious. But the shopping scene I wrote down as that was probably the funniest part of the movie to me. I thought that that was hilarious and I didn't mind that. I did kind of feel like in the Reba movie, like I felt in the Reba movie, where I was feeling like it was going on for too long for me. Now, maybe if they had had parts that were funnier about it, maybe I wouldn't have felt that way. But at points, it was just like, y'all are being stupid. And then the fighting in in the movie theater, I was like, grow up, guys. Like, this is just what, like, why didn't his husband just get up and sit in between them? Or why didn't she just get up and sit in between them? You know what I'm saying? Like, why, why are we fighting at this play? Yeah. So I just felt like it was just not that to me wasn't funny. I was just mad about that. I think for certain things like that, though, you just get annoyed by them where I'm like kind of okay. I think it depends on our moods. But yeah, the scene in the store when they were shopping crazy was one of the funniest parts. And then I really liked the part where so it's the two brothers against each other and they each got a parent. So when the parents are talking over the hedge, they show this in the previews and then they're like, mom, get in here and dad, you know, I thought that part was funny, too. And I actually liked, I thought it was cute seeing Robert's girlfriend and Jonathan's husband kind of bonding yeah, I over like their significant others fighting. I thought that was cute. And I really like Jonathan's husband like so much. He is so sweet and just trying to calm him down and be like, I love you. 
You don't need to like you're not. Be- his problem is he feels overshadowed by his brother because his brother's a celebrity. Right. Mm-hmm. And his husband's like, you don't need to feel this way. You know, you're doing fine as you are. And every time he talked to Jonathan, I was like, oh, you're such a good husband. Yeah, I really liked his character a lot. I mean, I think I liked him in the first one. I did not rewatch this, and I feel like I should have rewatched the first one before I watched the second one. But Mm -hmm. because it's not even like Nine Lives of Kittens where, I mean, Nine Lives of Christmas where I've actually seen that movie so many times. (laughs) So I really should have rewatched it. But I think I liked him in the first movie, but I liked him better in this movie, I feel like. And... I did like the relation, their side relationship, and I did also appreciate his like calming nature towards like how like the both of them, the the significant others, they both were kind of like they were not like I would have been. I would have been so mad at these guys fighting over this. <laughs> I would have been mm-hmm. like, "You're ruining Christmas. Stop acting like children." <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I would have been the parent, like. Get over it, guys. But they were both kind of like letting them work it out, which I do think it was important. Like the storyline of them talking things out, him getting Robert's character, getting the chance to say, you know, you were my favorite person growing up, you know, or whatever. I also really liked seeing how they were doing like the bachelor, bachelorette video of the, of them all sitting there, like doing the, I don't know what it's called, the commentary for what's going on. Oh, yeah. Because you kind of got to see the relationship of them all. And there was one point, and I can't remember who it was. Oh, there was um at the end, I'm going to go jump to the end, when Barbara Nivens is like talking about which movie's going to win it. This was not the commentary, but this just was like <laughs> Jonathan Bennett's eyes while that whole thing was happening. Did you notice how big his eyes were? <laughs> Yeah, he was like, it's gonna be me because she said exactly what he knew he had. Yeah. And he's like, and he and I'm like, you have zero chill. You are me meeting Reba McIntyre. Chill out, dude. <laughs> yeah, he was so funny. I actually so going back to your comment about, you know, we liked Jonathan's husband last year, but this year more. I think that's because, you know, last year Hallmark made this big deal about, ooh, we have our first gay couple and they're kind of in the spotlight right in this movie and then it was kind of disappointing because they were barely in the movie like it wasn't a large part so this year they are more in the movie so we can get to know them more which I think helped us like the husband more because we actually got to see his personality and their relationship you know it wasn't just the side thing so I, I think that's part of it. And Jonathan was just, I, was, I really like Jonathan in this movie. He was his funny kind of wild self. And I appreciated when he and Robert were talking about, like in that conversation where Robert's like, well, you were my favorite person. And Jonathan is just like, you know, I've always kind of been envious because Jonathan's the older brother and Robert's the younger one who is quote unquote, you know, more successful. And he's the straight charming like everybody loves him kind of guy who has quote unquote had it easy right and Jonathan is just he had to deal with other stuff separate from what Robert had to and had to deal with friends who would prefer to be with his brother you know other people who just wanted to be with his brother instead of him and I'm just like oh I feel for you. And when he admitted his worst fear with his kids, I was like, oh, like, that was so sad. Yeah. See, and my my response probably would have been to that. Like, you're the dad. They're going to love you the most. They might like me better, 
but my kids are going to like you better. You know what I'm saying? Like that's generally Mm -hmm. the way that it goes because the uncle is the fun uncle who's not disciplining a child. Right. Yeah, that's true. But in the Mm -hmm. end, the kids love the parents more than the uncle, but they like the other uncle because they're just not having to deal with, they don't have to deal with the same things. They get to be, it's like the grandparents. You can drop them off and you don't have to deal with the hard stuff. You can give them back for the hard stuff, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So I do have a question for you. Okay. Which house would win if you were voting? So I feel like we didn't get very good looks at all of the stuff on the houses. So it's kind of hard for me to say, but I really like the carousel in the drive. And I think that was at Robert's house. I didn't even notice the carousel at the drive. What? It was like a full on carousel with horses going around in the thing. No, like, oh my goodness. Don't remember this. <laughs> so who would you have picked? I would have picked Jonathan's house because, one, the lanterns outside, Mm. I felt like threw it over the top. The outside decorations to me, like it was so bright with the white and the, like it was just so, oh, like angelic. (laughs) I thought the lanterns were interesting. They weren't full on like Christmas colors to my taste, but I did like them. Yeah, that is true. They were not like super Christmas. I thought they were balloons at first and then I got a second look at them and I was like, oh, they're lanterns. Um, But I really loved the baked goods he did on the inside with the Rice Krispie trees and the train that was going around in this village made out of baked goods. Yeah, and I liked the Cupcake Wars nod because isn't that the show he hosts on? No idea. Well, he hosts a baking show where they have to like build structures to hold their cupcakes and that's basically what he had in his house and I was like oh look at that they're like talking about his other show that he does that is a good nod I have two quotes okay they're both kind of funny and one has a question I'll start with the one that I have the question on the manager the whatever she is I don't know what she is she turned from manager to actually producer of this thing I guess I don't know but she said when she's trying to get the brothers to to team up together, like to not team up together, but go against each other. She says, everyone loves a rival rivalry, Cain and Abel, Scar and Mufasa, Matt and Ben. And I, I was like, was funny. you're going to start with Cain and Abel, Scar and Mufasa. I don't know who Matt and Ben are, though. Who are Matt and Ben? <laughs> I think she was referencing Matt Damon and Ben Affleck because I think they used to be best friends. Oh. Maybe they are still- well, now they're probably not best friends if, you know, Scar, Mufasa, Cain and Abel. <laughs> Oh, but they're not really brothers. They were just raised as brothers because it was a sibling rivalry thing. Hmm. Well, they pointed that out like they're not really brothers, but they were as close as brothers, you know, best friends kind of thing. Oh, I I was just I had to go back and listen to it again to find out who it was when I was writing the quote down. And I did not catch the end, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, I thought that was funny that Cain and Abel, Scar and Mufasa were the the ones who literally kill each other are the ones we're going to pick. (laughs) <laughs> I thought it was funny too when she referenced them. I was like, oh my. I think I would be, I think I would have said, which one of us is Kane and which one of us is Abel? I need to know. Um, Brother, the, help me. <laughs> um, the other one that I had is um, where the dad is asking him for acting help and the, 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 the skit goes or the screenplay or whatever it's called. I don't know the scene he's like dirty santa is my favorite santa and then robert's like what kind of a play is this and i was like how awkward is it to have to rehearse these lines because it's he he's playing santa his wife is playing mrs claus and it's like (laughs) i wrote that quote down too because i laughed so hard (laughs) 
I was like, oh my, Hallmark. And then I thought their play was hilarious because they, it was like a commercial or something for Sears. And I was like, what is this? Why are they mentioning Sears? Sears is bankrupt. (laughs) They are no more. Uh, What is this? That was funny. And I loved that Jonathan called that out too at the end. You should go see it. It's like a this and a this and a Sears commercial all in one. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I don't know what is happening here, but it's kind of funny. (laughs) I wanted to mention, which could probably go into storyline, and one of the storylines I could have dropped was the Santa helper dude who just magically appears and magically gives them what they need, like in the first movie. But in the first movie, didn't bother me. And then the second comment was, so Carrie actually sent me an Instagram post about this, but they had a Kelly Clarkson song playing at the end of the movie. It's from her new Christmas album. And what cracks me up about it is my sister, Courtney. So she wasn't watching this movie. She wasn't listening to it. But I guess I had it up loud enough she could hear it over her headphones because she's like, they have this song playing? This song just came out. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) And I'm like, finally, someone else notices the music and is as shocked as me when I hear a new song on a Hallmark movie. Like, what did they pay to get this? So did so did you know that song? Yeah, I knew that song. Okay, because you do really like Kelly Clarkson and you talk about her Christmas albums. But since it's a brand new song, I was like, is this something that maybe Spotify hasn't offered? Just you know what I'm saying? Like, oh uh, no, it? it's on her new album. Okay. Yeah, and I just watched the voice finale, and I I think she sang it on there too. Okay, I didn't even notice. I sent you the thing before watching it, and I still didn't notice it when it was playing at the end. And I knew it Man, was coming. Carrie. Sorry. Well, at first, because, you know, there's a song playing when Macy Stevens, the judge, is walking through the two houses. And I was like, is this it? Because the song was kind of prominent and sounded like it might be by somebody well known, but it wasn't Kelly. And then Kelly's played like at the end. I meant to look up what that song was earlier, though. Oh, well. Too late now. Okay. Too late. So let's rate it for setting. Obviously, I have to give it a five. (laughs) like it's a five you're gonna be mad at me oh my gosh Carrie I gave it a four I think though the reason I do this on sequels is when they're the homes that we've already seen and stuff like it's just the setting's not as amazing to me when we've already experienced it for the first time I think is what it is whatever I meant to re-listen to our original podcast about the first Christmas house to see what we rated it and I'm pretty sure they sang a popular song at the end of that movie too but then I forgot to do it Uh, anyway for style I gave it a four because everyone looked really nice and I was feeling generous I gave it a three it was fine I I could understand a three okay and then for storyline I also gave it a four I knocked it down because wasn't exactly what I was wanting to see, but it was still good. I liked the concept, even if it wasn't executed totally to my needs. I agree. I gave it a four also. I think they should have gotten rid of the X storyline and done something that didn't take up so much more time. I did put that I should have rewatched. And I don't know if you did you rewatch the first one before watching this? No. Okay. So I don't know if I, I need someone to tell me but I really thought at the end of the first one they adopted a girl and not a boy 
I do not remember that. I remember they adopted a kid. I was surprised to see that they had adopted two children, that that much of time had passed. But I don't remember at the end of the last movie. Yeah, so I felt like that. I don't know if that's right or that's not, but that's really where I thought we landed. And then I liked the end where you kind of got a preview of what, like it's like an epilogue kind of, you know, you get to see what's kind of happening. And Treat Williams, where he's like, we, the jurors... Find the defendant, not, and they have to feed him his line. <laughs> I know. I laughed. I actually thought the bloopers at the end, because they, they shot this, you know, like they were shooting an actual show where they had their private uh-huh. interviews. I liked those bloopers and his scene at the end. Kind of part, of, also part of the best parts of the movie. Yeah. They were really cute and funny. I just thought Treat Williams and then, was so funny in those, like, not being able to get his line right. He's good. He's good. And then for Christmas... Okay, this is a very obvious five, Carrie. I put five. I don't know why you're like looking at me. Well, (laughs) I'm waiting for you to be like, well, you're going to be unhappy. (laughs) This might surprise you, though. On the rating of love or nonsense, on the scale, it leans more towards nonsense for me. What? I gave it a love and I scored it less than you. I just, I, I like the first one better. And I was, I was disappointed that I didn't get what I wanted from this one. And also, maybe I was skewed because I did have a headache for half the movie. I just have no words for you right now. I know, I know. All right. So the last movie is what everyone voted for. Tis the season to be merry. The very last Hallmark Christmas premiere for 2021. And this had Rachel Lee Cook, Travis Van Winkle. She is a love guru person who wrote a book about a fictional guy, but he was kind of real, but he's fictional. And now she needs to find a new boyfriend or rewrite her work or she's like done for. She lied to her editors and told the editor thinks that this is real and has planned this whole thing around it. Yeah, that she found love, but she hasn't. And then Travis travels the world and helps build elephant preserves and... (laughs) stuff like that but now he is home wanting to settle down and take over the family shop and farm but there's issues with that okay so this movie wins the unofficial award for best meet cute ever (laughs) i i think we should just make it official i mean it's official i put that meet cute from it's christmas eve on our instagram from where Mm -hmm. they're like they're meeting for the first time, but talking about a meat cute where somebody spills coffee on it and blah, blah, blah. I was like, what's your favorite meat cute? Somebody was like, oh, I love this. Chris. It's Christmas Eve. This one's my favorite. This one blows it's Christmas Eve out of the water. Oh, yeah. Because first of all, we thought we'd never see a Hallmark movie with a shirtless guy in a towel. Boy, I mean, were we wrong. How many times have we said that this season? <laughs> I know, because <laughs> Lifetime has them coming out the Christmas trees or whatever yeah. you know, bucket we have for Christmas. <laughs> But here's Hallmark coming up behind them with a, a real winner. So a towel set- this scene as well. Okay. Let's set the scene, Carrie. I want to tell you the meet cute, but I'm also telling you to go watch it for yourself. Because they did do a sneak peek of it during Christmas House 2, but it's not the full scene. And the rest of it's good, too. The rest of it okay. was hilarious. It was even better. Yeah. Yes. All right. So here we are. Rachel is at her best friend slash junior editor's family's house. And she is going to her room to rest after a long day of travel. Doesn't expect anyone else to be there. So she gets in bed and she puts on her little eye mask and she's just, you know, snoozing. 
her AirPods when, too. She has yep. her headphones in. When Travis, her best friend's older, attractive Very brother, <laughs> he comes out of the attached bathroom in a towel, hair wet, and he kind of just plops down on the bed and freaks her out. So she jumps up. He jumps up. They're like, what the heck? Who are you? And he immediately recognizes her. And then she's kind of shocked that it's him. And she's like, you can't be him. You can't be her brother. Because literally his room has photos of him as like a teenager who's dorky looking, who likes you, snakes. You didn't look like this before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, why can't I be him? And she, she's not going to say it, but it's because he's hot now. <laughs> he did not have those abs beforehand. He, did, he didn't have a lot of things beforehand. And so, if she had known that he was going to have those abs, she, she probably would have a little different. <laughs> this sounds very shallow. But it was a very good scene, okay? It was a very good scene. Their banter back and forth was really, really good in this scene. It was kind of the the best banter we've seen back and forth as far as people being surprised that someone is there. Because I did think of in Coming Home for Christmas, which we know I love Coming Home for Christmas with Danica McKellar and Neil Bledsoe. And she's in his old room and he comes in not expecting her. But Or she comes in and he's not one or the other, but they surprise each other. And it was good, but it wasn't funny banter like this. Right. So this was good. Of course, they didn't know um, each other before and he was fully clothed. So there's that. This is also true. He was in full on <laughs> pajamas and coming home for Christmas. Come on, Neil. <laughs> like he listens to us. Next time. Oh, We've man. opened the door now. There's a chance. We've opened the door. <laughs> uh, okay. So I wrote down that I was kind of hoping he'd be the younger brother. And I actually felt like he was the younger brother until his sister greeted him. And she's like, hey, big bro. But I kind of wanted him to be younger. I thought that would have been a more interesting, not that it wasn't interesting, but just added that little extra spice, just a little extra. Now, is it you thought that he would be the younger brother because he's the adventurer kind of whatever and she's like the more structured because that's kind of how they typically say. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. And the fact that you know, Rachel thought he had had a crush on her when they met. And just the way they talked about him okay. made yeah. it seem like they were older than him. And like he was just this tag along younger sibling, you know. Oh, yeah. But that wasn't the case. So either way, it's okay. But I thought it was a little interesting. I also liked that this was kind of a different character for Travis to play because normally I feel like he plays kind of a serious and then like father type because he always has a daughter Mm -hmm. or a kid but in this movie he was actually allowed to be funny and carefree and kind of let loose a little bit and I liked seeing the side of him I agree I really loved him in Christmas getaway that was where I think I finally like where not finally but like that was my first time seeing him I think and really Mm -hmm. being like okay i I like him a lot. And then last year was that Project Christmas Wish that he was in. And Mm -hmm. they were both kind of similar roles. I cannot remember Project Christmas Wish because we watched too many movies last season. But I will be rewatching it before the Christmas season is over. And I remember we both really liked that one. It is on. Yeah, I I was was going to say we did like it. Mm-hmm. And you put it on your top six or whatever we did. So yeah, they had a good kiss. I think we might have had two good kisses, actually. And then let's see. I have more notes than Carrie, if anybody's wondering. I, I have no notes. I really enjoyed this movie, though. And I think I didn't write anything down because I was really enjoying it. You know? Yeah, I feel you. So I'll just go through my random notes. 
so this movie was funny, which we've already established. One of the funny parts that I really liked was, so Rachel is in her best friend's hometown and they're on the family farm when their boss shows up to be like, hey, I can't find anything on your supposed boyfriend, Dale, which is the fake guy name in her book. So they see her and <laughs> Travis comes up behind Rachel and the boss is like, oh, you must be Dale. And Rachel's just like, run. And he awkwardly sidesteps away <laughs> and leaves. <laughs> that was so funny because her face was like deer caught in the headlights. Mm-hmm. And it was like a whispered run. <laughs> Yeah, and he just goes with that and just, like, sidesteps away. He has, like, a like, little oh bit gosh. of a pause, and then he's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I know. I almost expected him to be like, yes, I am, Dale. But I then know. I didn't know how they would get around that. Yeah. So I was glad he didn't, you know, say that's who he was, and he just left in a completely hilarious way. So that was funny. And then on a less funny note, I kind of liked how jealous he was over there they have another guy in the movie who actually likes his sister but travis thinks he likes rachel and he just has these little looks you can tell like he's not feeling this vibe that he thinks he's getting and i'm just like oh travis just tell her how you feel i know well you know what's interesting she was being very clear that she was not interested in him to travis right i know but he was just so obsessed with her and couldn't see how another guy wouldn't be that he was just completely ignoring what she was doing and just like so laser focused on this guy like you know yeah but it it, and i really like the way that that whole storyline plays out like he asks her to dinner and and she's like telling the friend this is not a date and the friend's like it's fine i don't care and then they go to meet up at dinner and Their family ends up going there and they sitting across where her character can see the sister and Travis uh, from the from where she's sitting. But the guy can't see that Mm -hmm. they have come in. And she's and she's like, you know, I really need to let you know that this is not a date. And he was like, oh, no, I like what's her name. And she's like, oh, he's like, I need your advice on what to do. So she's like, can you hold that thought? I'll be right back. And she gets up, calls the friend over and is like, and he, she tells him, order whatever wine you think she would like and gets her to switch places with her. And I thought that was really cute. Yeah, I did too. I thought that was a good scene change, although it was awkward when she sat at the table with Travis and his parents. Yeah, because like, they had the conflict of Travis wanting to buy the farm and the store and everything and the parents having sold it already to somebody else. Yeah, I actually really liked this take on the usual story because normally we have the family with their you know family business that's been in the like generations, right? And the person, the child doesn't want to take over the family business or like one of the parents is like, wishing that they would kind of thing you know or it's just it's just expected but with them they're like we didn't expect you to want to take over like there were things we wanted to do but I knew I had to go into the family business and we didn't want that for you so for them to just sell it and he him to be like genuinely heartbroken about it you know mm-hmm. I was like this is different and I like it I like that it was different I do think it highlights though the importance of communicating and People being open with their communication so that everybody knows what's happening so that people aren't upset. Like there, I was watching, what other movie did I just watch? Oh, the 
Christmas for Keeps one, and she mm-hmm. wants to go into into business as a psychiatrist or a psychologist for herself, and her mom wants her to be a teacher like her, to the point that the mom sends a resume off for her oh, without man. her knowing. And it becomes this whole thing, and it's like, stop it. We need to communicate. We need to be honest. We need to be accepting of other people's <laughs> they want with their life. But of course, you know, that's, that is far too grown up for us to act <laughs> In anything. Yeah. Especially real Although, life. <laughs> maybe he was hard to reach because he was in Guatemala. Okay. Yeah, but the sister didn't know either, I don't think. Yeah, that's true. They just sold Well, their it names aren't on the deeds. <laughs> and I feel like it's such an important thing because this, to me, the part that would have been hard for me is even if I didn't maybe want to go into it, you're selling off something that is my family. Like, this is my home. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel like I would have, if my parents did that, if they sold off my family home that I grew up in, lived in, worked in my whole life, and then just sold it off without telling me, even though they did say we sold it to someone who agreed to preserve it, I still think that would have broke my heart. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's a sensitive soul. He's a sensitive soul. Oh, man. Lion King again. Oh, I was I don't going know if you're catching all these. Poor but... unfortunate souls. That's, yeah, a, that's a totally weird. different route. <laughs> Not the same meaning. Mine, mine was Hakuna Matata. <laughs> it means no oh, worries man. for the rest of your day. Oh, look. We got a Carrie singing again. It's been a while. <laughs> and then my last thing before we can write is I actually really like the end scene too because okay this is a spoiler obviously so their con their conflict is kind of like well travis doesn't have anything holding him at home because rachel hasn't told him how she felt and his family sold the business so he possibly could go to thailand to work with elephants again and so she's going to the airport already to do with another part of her storyline and she knows that he's missing and possibly at the airport and she sees him there and she's like oh no i know he's not leaving for thailand without talking to us like actually voices it when normally you know the people are never they never show their frustration vocally you know oh and And she showed her first frustration (laughs) i know she marched up to him and she's like how can you leave and blah 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 and then she just yelled don't go and i was like oh i love this Okay. And she's like, I know. What? He's like, I'm not going. I'm looking what for I, you. What I really loved about that scene is she does the first yell, don't go. And everybody looks at her and she like, afterwards, she like takes a breath and she goes, don't go. Like, so like, mm-hmm. like soft and like, just kind of resolved to what's going to happen is going to happen. And, and I really liked this because part of it was her doing this relationship stuff and she has all these rules. And one of these rules is you have to be honest about what you want. And he asked her what she wanted and she wouldn't tell him Mm because I guess she was still grappling with it. I mean, you would have thought after their meet cute, it would just been over. (laughs) It would have been over for me. I mean, (laughs) when are we getting married? back on that bed. (laughs) (laughs) Two, Two different things I need to keep this family appropriate. Yes, you do, Stephanie. Get your head out of the gutter. (laughs) Let's rate it. Okay. (laughs) Moving forward, uh, for setting, I gave it a five because I really like their family farm and their shop and their house. It was all so cute. I gave it a four. I really liked it, but yep. Acceptable. For style, I gave it a four because I really probably should give it a five for Travis, but... (laughs) I was going to say, I gave it a five, and this is my only note that I made, shirtless. 
I could change mine to a five. Uh, and then storyline, I gave it a four only because we do see a lot of these yeah. writers writing about fake people and then having to find like a fake person kind of thing. And while the story didn't go down that lane where she actually did find a fake person, it still had that feeling-ish. So I knocked it down. Also, they ate s'mores and it was like the least messy eating of s'mores I've ever seen. No chocolate on the face. No marshmallow on the face. I'm like, this is dainty. And actually, that actually ties into she She said she wouldn't admit to what she wanted. And what she said she wanted was the s'more. Uh, now that you're saying that, I remember mm-hmm. that that's what happened. But I agree. I gave it a four, mostly because there's so many of these writing ones. And I feel like recently there seems to be a lot of like relationship, like, like, like special- guru ones. Yes. Where it's mm-hmm. like. I'm like, okay, guys, we need to we need to figure something else out. So it was a good it was a good movie. I really enjoyed it, but I just marked it down because it's kind of similar to something we've seen before. Yeah, although it did start different. And I just so this is kind of backtracking. I just saw my last note and this goes into style because I really didn't have much to say about it. But at the very end, they skipped ahead and she's wearing a sapphire ring. Oh, yeah. Ring, wedding ring. I don't know. It was so pretty. So that that was good for the style part. No, I agree. And I actually really enjoyed the flash forward because what you what you know is coming at the beginning of the movie is that the sister is going to get with the guy because they mention him. And mm-hmm. immediately upon meeting the restaurant guy, you know, the editor and him are going to get together. So you kind of got to see them all together at the end. And that was that was a nice little roundup. And they all looked really nice. and They all looked really happy. And her ring was beautiful. Agreed. It was definitely okay. like a Kate Duchess of Cambridge knockoff ring. Princess Di oh, engagement ring. That's what it was. Okay. So Christmas trees. I feel like I should give it higher, but I gave it a four still. That's what I gave it. I think I think it's because there weren't a lot of activities per se, although it was decorated well. And the one activity they did do or focus on a lot, the tree auction. I actually really liked the idea of decorating all these trees and auctioning them off for charity. So I thought that was well done. Yeah. And I thought that that was really funny because she she decorates this in orange and purple. And it was actually one of the things that I thought I should write this down. And he's like, who's going to pick that tree? Maybe somebody who's colorblind. And I'm colorblind, guys. So <laughs> that was really It's Carrie's tree. <laughs> I mean, I still did not like this tree, but then it actually worked out because the guy who owns the restaurant, him and the editor both went to Clemson and I could totally see someone who went to Clemson having an orange and purple Christmas tree. Yeah. I thought that was cute how they made that coincidence kind of thing work. Yeah. It was nice. Where her tree actually got bid on because at first everybody's silent. Yeah. Because I mean, purple and orange. That's like Halloween. And she's like, it'll go with any, it's modern and it will go with anything. And I was like, are you kidding me? That does not go with anything. I know. Those are very loud colors. (laughs) Anywho, I gave it a love and I think we ended on a strong note for the Hallmark Christmas season. I agree. I gave it a love also. I do think we ended on a strong note. I'm really glad because I actually thought when the when the schedule came out, I was thinking The Christmas House 2 was going to be the last movie. Mm. I mean, second to last is still pretty mm-hmm. good, but I do think this one obviously edges it out because I gave it a love and do we remember the other one? <laughs> do we remember what the Friday night movie was? Oh, it was the Sugar Plum Twist, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I'm not even interested in watching that, I don't think. Okay. So I think 
list. <laughs> I think they ended with two good movies and Sugar Plum Twist was also a Hallmark Movies Now movie that I think they put on in the schedule. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they could have done better there, but it, overall... Two out of three, that's a pretty good weekend. So Yeah, it really is. So good job, Hallmark. And we have one more review episode left. I know. That will be all lifetime. And yeah. And we'll be done. We'll see how this goes because I'm really interested to see what the people pick. Yeah, because we're kind of like, we don't even know like what no we're idea. wanting to watch, honestly. We've kind <laughs> of... Normally we have some ideas, but... Mm-hmm. Like five more minutes, we were like, I almost guarantee you this one's going to win out. And it was mm-hmm. 100%, 100% on both of the polls. It won. Yeah. So, all right. Well, That's we'll see all. you next week for another review episode. Bye. Bye. So subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when we have new episodes release. And if you're on Apple Podcast, we'd love it if you leave us a review. Apparently, those are really super helpful in getting your podcast seen. And our social media. Yes. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Love and Nonsense Podcast. Talk to you later. Bye.